Last Sunday was anything but ordinary. The week prior, I had watched Quentin Tarantino's most recent film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so I was swerving all around town like Cliff Booth. You see, I take my Sundays very seriously when it comes to cinema, and oftentimes I may have a drink or two, unwind and enjoy a good film. But that night, boy was it dark. Somebody must have put something in those chocolate bars I bought at that California cigar shop on PCH, because I started tripping right around the time I turned on the Safdie Brothers' recent project. Personally, I like to watch movies that take place in Los Angeles. Classics like Chinatown and The Big Lebowski are the type of pictures that stay on my TV screen in the background. Anyways, I saw David Fincher's new film, The Killer, was the number one movie of the day, so I decided to watch it. Never been the biggest fan of him. Though, I can humbly recognize that Fight Club may qualify as a top 100 film. I got 20, 30 minutes into The Killer, and it just wasn't doing it for me. I will finish it eventually, but luckily, I remembered Safdie had a new series coming out with Emma Stone. Though it doesn't take place in Los Angeles, it does take place in Albuquerque, and that's where Breaking Bad was filmed. Plus, I have been following the Safdie brothers since before Uncut Gems. I'm sold. I decided to give it a try. The first scene, Emma Stone's husband reacts to a comment made by the person they are interviewing by saying, Jesus, to which he then looks at the wall in the home of the person he is interviewing to see a cross. He then asks Doogie, Benny Safdie's character, if they could delete that from the footage. To which Dougie replies, just keep going. To me, it seems as though Dougie is a cutthroat TV producer willing to capture anything on film. I don't believe there is one scene in this pilot episode where the character Dougie isn't surrounded by his high-tech gadgets, be it a microphone and some recording equipment or some very expensive cameras. It was really cool to see Benny Safdie as a more punk yet intellectual character, as opposed to the last time I saw him in a film was Oppenheimer, where he was, I suppose, just an intellectual. Anyway, the scene continues as the couple interviews a man from Espanola, New Mexico, and his mother. The mother is old. The couple reveals to the man, his mother, and the camera crew that the man will be getting a new job. When the mother doesn't even react to the good news, Dougie, the ruthless TV producer, asks if he can put water in her eyes. Not only that, but he literally blows menthol in her eyes. So I say to myself, oh yeah, this Dougie character is about to be a sicko. Stop, says the man. She's dying, someone else says. Amazing work, Dougie says. A little bit of TV magic for you, Emma Stone says, trying to reassure the man and his mother. By this time, those were just starting to kick in, when the scene shifts to the New Mexico couple doing an interview with some kind of a news network. I couldn't for the life of me tell you what this couple was doing for this reality TV show, other than it had something to do with real estate and gentrification. Nathan Fielder, playing Emma Stone's husband, lashes out at the anchor in a very bizarre way. So at this point, I'm literally asking myself, like, is this a comedy or a thriller? 
what is going on. The whole thing was very bizarre, and right off the bat I could tell this character was a very anxious one. So I am watching this show now, with the intent it is going to be suspenseful, because typically, because A24 movies typically are, especially if it is a collab with the Safdie brothers. Also, I just really wanted this to be a thriller. The music also perfectly adds to the ambiguous state the director, Nathan Fielder, is trying to leave you in. And just like you can expect with a Safdie movie, there seems to be a very eerie and offsetting synth pad playing throughout, different notes ringing and arpeggiating. The executive producer, Dougie, rides in the van with Emma Stone and her anxious husband. The husband and Emma explain to Dougie they need to convince the news station to delete that footage. Dougie tries to convince them that that is something that needs to be filmed. He says, hey, if we are filming a TV show about your life, shouldn't we be filming your life? The crew heads to the parking lot of a Subway sandwich shop where they are meeting with the news anchor woman. Ash, Emma Stone's husband, approaches the anchor woman's van and she tells him to wait ten minutes. He waddles back to his wife, Emma Stone, sitting in the van. She slams the door on him. He makes his way to Dougie, the ominous TV producer. Dougie points to a girl trying to sell Sprite in the parking lot street. He tells Ash that he should give the girl some money because it would be great to capture on film. He says it would be a good way to show him giving back to the community. Ash gives in and awkwardly walks over to the girl. He opens his wallet. All he has is a $100 bill. The score of the film gets more eerie. Ash hands her the bill, saying, Here is a little something just for being you. A line that feels both genuine and performative in the context of the ongoing filming. She offers him a drink, which he politely declines, and he walks away. Got it. Dougie says acting as if the cameras had stopped rolling, but knowing Dougie's character for only 15 minutes him sure that those cameras are still on. Dougie, who seems to be orchestrating these events just for the camera. Ash, the man with only $100 in his wallet, walks again back to the little girl selling her juices and asks for the money back. I mean, at this point, this man is just walking all over the place. Awkward and anxiously, he reapproaches the girl and asks her to give him his $100 back. He assures her that he is going to break the $100 bill for some more change. He is asking over and over for the money back, to which point the little girl's friend comes and tells him that they don't do refunds and that they get to keep the $100. Ash asks the girls if that's their dad over there. In the background, we see a man who almost looks like the pirate from Captain Phillips, but much more occultish and ghoul-like. The father was holding a black and white umbrella. Contrast colors, black and white, the yin and the yang, order and chaos. I believe this is the symbolism that represents duality. It's a visual metaphor that adds depth to the scene, adding an almost ritualistic nature to the long and drawn-out scene. The scene escalates dramatically when the girl, in response to Ash's insistence on getting his money back, utters the words, I curse you. This moment is pivotal and is underscored by a significant shift in the film's score, introducing a sense of impending doom. Ash, 
the man who wants change for his $100 bill, frantically running from one van to another white van, both riddled with broadcasting and surveillance equipment, back to the untrustworthy TV producer who gives him his orders and indulges in street theatre, back to the little girl and her ghoul-like father with his black and white umbrella. The atmosphere becomes charged with a sense of paranoia as Ash's actions seem to unravel the fragile balance of the situation. From here, the narrative spirals into a frantic and almost Kafka-esque sequence. Ash, now desperate to resolve the situation, runs between vans filled with surveillance equipment and back to the girl and her father. The tension is palpable, and the music composer amplifies this with an ominous, echoing score that conveys a feeling of being trapped in a nightmarish loop. He goes to Dougie and asks him if he has change for the $100 bill. No cash, Dougie says. Ash now runs once more, hesitantly, into, into a Mexican restaurant. He asks the cashier if he has change for a $100 bill, but the man tells him they do not break hundreds. The cashier tells Ash he can use the ATM, which has a $3.50 fee. Ash puts his card in, and the keypad stops working. A man sitting at his table says, There is a trick to it, asks Ash. What's your pin? Ash is flustered. Reluctant to answer, Ash says, Okay, so what do I do? Can you just show me? What's your pin? The random guy asks. What's your pin? What's your pin? 581. Ash finally gives in. Oh man, this whole scene was like the city rock bottom in SpongeBob. And Nathan Fielder was the tumbleweed rolling around from one serpent to the other. While I've delved into the intricate symbolism and character building behind the first 20 minutes of The Curse, I consciously refrain from revealing more of the pilot episode. But let's just say that things get much much more bizarre from here, especially in the next scene. There's a moment so intense and unexpected that I literally had to get up of my couch and run laps around my house, screaming because I was so traumatized by what I had just seen. This is certainly a series we will continue to cover, as I always like to analyze indie film or anything with a good director, cast, or, more specifically, anything from A24. The Safdie brothers are masters of crafting ambiguous, complex stories that keep viewers on the edge of their seats, but certainly only a select viewer understand them. But of course, only people who have actually seen the show will know what I am talking about. This was my introduction to Nathan Fielder, though I have had many friends try and convince me to watch the rehearsal, and I did like to see him play a more dramatic role, an anxious role nonetheless. And, of course, Emma Stone. She is very good and keeps a great balance within the show. As Dougie himself said, Adding to its allure, The Curse is a series that resonates with a select audience, those who appreciate the art of nuanced storytelling and are willing to engage with its complexities. I'm sure there are thousands of people who absolutely hate this film, and I can completely understand why. On the other hand, there are people like me who, oftentimes, watch movies based on who we know worked on them, rather than watching movies just to watch them. The show's sound design, with its captivating and synthesized sounds, plays a crucial role in keeping the audience engaged. A softy score signature. 
and I am excited to see how Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder play out in the series.